You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome to episode 23 of Untapped Keg. Marjay Zimmerman here with my brother-in-law, Monte Ball. How you doing, big fella? I'm good. Good. Uh, uh, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. I'm a little worried. A little worried, man, for what's to come here in the, in the fall. Well, yeah, I think that we're starting to see kind of a crest with, uh, Everything kind of like people are under understanding what the masks are now. Um, like the masks aren't to keep you from catching the virus; they're to keep you from spreading it. So if everybody wears it, it's not going to spread. That's the whole point of mm-hmm. masks. It's not to make you immune from catching the virus, uh, which is what a lot of the people arguing against it are saying. And it's like. Yeah, that's not what people are arguing for, are saying. Like, you need to listen to the words. Right. And because people aren't masking, we have a bunch of football players opting out for this season. Uh, that's why I wanted to say that I'm I'm worried, man. Just because, you know, obviously everyone's safety is way more important than a sport by far. Um, but, you know, as as a fan... Um, as someone who, you know, goes to work, likes to come home and uh, watch some sports. It's going to be challenging this fall to see what's going to happen because, I mean, with these players opting out, uh, with everyone knows, obviously knows what happened with the Marlins, with all those players getting sick and then the coaches getting sick with the virus. It's like, you know, what's going to happen now with football? So, again, with the football players opting out, what's going to happen with the sport of football, with NFL coming up this fall so i don't know it's gonna be challenging man if it's not gonna go because we're not having any movies really not any new tv shows not gonna have really many sports so just preparing myself it's one of those things um you know being sober is it can be tough you know you have your ups and you have your downs you have your easy times you have your tough times this has been one of the toughest times for me because it's been hard to relax. Um, sports is kind of that where you can just like fall into something and root. And even when, you know, the team I'm following does poorly, I don't take it to heart so much that it causes me to want to drink. So that's a positive for me, but no TV to fall back on like new TV shows, no new movies really. Um, for probably the next couple of months. And then you have football, a lot of, there's been some pretty high profile players opting out. You have Brewers players opting out the rest of the season. Um, yeah, it's going to get challenging trying to find how to, what to do with your time. Um, in my opinion, it's not anybody else's business. If somebody wants to opt out, Mm. you can say that you're disappointed. You won't be able to watch them. You can say that you're, you know, you're saddened that they opted out, but you don't get to criticize somebody for 
putting their family's safety before a paycheck. So absolutely, that's my opinion on that, at least. No, I think I think that's safe to say. Yeah. I mean, because I, I think it's good that people are starting to say that because I am reading, you know, some tweets um, to some articles of, you know, of a headline player or whatever um, opting out. And some people are pretty upset and you know, actually very upset about it. And I'm just glad that you said that because it's true. You don't know what this person is going through. You don't know if they just had a, a newborn or if their wife is going through something. Um, you know, she has some maybe some underlying issues, medical conditions, et cetera. So it's just one of those things where it's it's the safety of yourself and your family is way more important than the sport. But back to the sport, it's just going to be challenging not to be able to, you know, if football does get canceled, it's going to be challenging. And, um, you know, I'm very open. I, I, I had to, I already kind of geared myself up for it, got myself back onto some antidepressants because uh, I'm I felt it starting to creep in a little bit, that depression and. I just got to make sure I'm ready, <laughs> ready for a pretty dull-ish fall. I got to find some other hobbies. And I know, you know, one of one of our hobbies is video games. We're kind of past all the big releases for that till they start talking about the new consoles that are coming out. But, I mean, there's always smaller stuff, too, uh, coming out for that. But, um, yeah, I will, I will definitely say that not having that stress relief Mm. of, you know, your hobby, like, you know, people, some people really love throwing themselves in the stats. They really love throwing themselves into their fantasy sports. Uh, Just watching somebody be, you know, at the top of their game at something that everybody understands how really gifted they are watching. Like um, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's, you it's know, an escape. Yeah, it absolutely is. So that's it's an escape. I, I never really thought about that. I'm I'm still, I like to say, relatively new to being a fan, like without playing the sport. So like I I never really thought about that. Yeah, really just diving in and just to certain players and all that stuff. Like right now, Melvin Gordon being with the Broncos, like I'm like really following it. Um, obviously, because Melvin and I played together in college, we were he lived a floor right above us, me and James. So we we were pretty much all roommates and just pretty close to him. Now seeing him with the Broncos, I'm like following his story, watching videos on on Twitter of him just going on to the uh, practice facility and stuff. So I'm really diving into how he's going to be, you know, in a Broncos uniform. So I can only imagine. And I really don't even count myself as like that big, like a fanatic. Like I am a huge fan, but you know, I obviously like with you in sports, RJ, you are you know, baseball. I want to say, kind of insane with it. <laughs> I, <laughs> which is a good thing. I am. Yeah. I would say that <laughs> I temper myself pretty well. I used to be insane, um, especially, honestly, with football. Uh, I don't mean insane in like a I've bad gotten, way. Yeah, since <laughs> I've gotten older, I've definitely been able to temper it a little bit, but. Yeah, I I just enjoy the crack of the bat, watching mm. pitchers that are at the top of the game, you know, when they throw the slider, that curveball that's like that is unbelievable. How do you get a ball to do that? Like uh, you know, Barry Zito it was so much fun watching his curveball. <laughs> uh there's just yeah. I mean, you watch what, what uh Brandon Woodruff did against the Pirates. 
um, earlier in the week, like the 10 strikeouts he had, that was, it was insane watching how on he was ball would start at the middle of the plate and it end up on, uh, the inside of a right-handed hitter. It, it just drop out of sight. How do you hit that? You can't. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I, I really enjoy watching that. I enjoy the fundamentals too. Uh, like a team like the Rays, that video that I shared on Twitter where Kevin Kiermeyer, one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball, he probably, he might be the best defensive outfielder in baseball running to backup, uh, center fielder and the ball bounces off the wall. Kiermeyer grabs it, hits the relay who then throws it home and they get the guy at the plate on a bang, bang play. And it was just, that's extremely fundamental, but you don't see, it's not a routine play. You don't see players running as hard as he did to back up that play, to be there to make that play. Like, you know, even, even though you're taught to do it, you get a little bit relaxed. It's kind of like how, uh, Honestly, in every sport, like defensively in basketball, it's hard to be on top of it every single time. And in just the sixth game of this season of this weird 60-game pandemic-shortened season, like he he's making a play like that. Like that's just – it's so much fun to see from a fundamental level. That is incredible. It is. And that's the thing. I'm a, like I said, I'm a huge fan of football. I'm trying to get, you know, become a – pretty big fan in baseball but i'm obviously learning from you you tagging me in videos and i'm watching them and <laughs> and all that stuff but um you know leave it up to the uh, cardinals to you know mess up the <laughs> the nl central <laughs> yeah that was very disappointing i mean i hope everybody's healthy because one thing we learned this weekend eduardo Rod- rodriguez a pitcher for the boston red sox who's maybe 25, 26, got COVID, got over it, but he now has a heart condition as a result of having COVID. He's 26 years old. They just shut him down for the rest of the season because of it. Uh, He pitched one game, and I just hope that he's able – it's not Mm career-ending. I hope he's able to come back and play. But I want him first and foremost to be – he needs to get 100% healthy because he's got – all of his life left right in front of him absolutely um that's a sad story man so i hope that the cardinals players and trainers and the staff members who got it they come out healthy but yeah that's it's disappointing to see that major league baseball has not been able to institute a you know somewhat of a bubble even in their home cities if they want to play in home cities and travel i think it's doable but you have to you have to have everybody following procedures um, that you put in place. And I just don't feel like baseball has done that. And it starts at the top with Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred has no backbone. He's shown publicly. What he shows behind closed doors, anybody's guess. But publicly, he is very weak. He has no idea what he's doing. He can't control his own sport. You have these outbreaks with three different teams now. And you're going to say, well, I'm not a quitter, so we're going to keep playing baseball. Like, really? You're not a quitter? Like, you're not worried about the players at all that make the sport. I understand somebody has to own the team to be able to pay them. And there's a lot of behind the scenes when it comes to GMs and player personnel and operations, getting stadiums working and 
going on into the minors, but man, they picked the wrong person to be commissioner. And they followed a, a weak commissioner in Bud Selig. And I say that he's a, he was an owner of the Brewers, and he got Miller Park built, and mm-hmm. I appreciate that. But Bud Selig let the steroids happen, and he knew it was happening. He let the steroids pervade the game, and he didn't do anything about it. And then it ended up being trying to clean up, and now you have somebody who is going to lead Major League Baseball into a work stoppage. I mean, it already happened. You agreed to a deal, and then you realized it was worse than what you had originally anticipated. So you want to do a new deal. like, And then you're going to blame the players about it coming out the way that it did. Well, hold on. You're a billionaire. And I understand you're a billionaire trying to get millionaires to give you more money. But come on now. Like, you need to foot the bill for a lot of a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. At the, this year, nobody's going to be in the black. You're going to be in the red. You will make so much money you can deal with it. This goes for any sport. You should not be going to the people who put their bodies on the line to give back to you who sit in a booth and watch things happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. It makes you think about a lot of things. Um, Really, it makes me think about what, you know, some of the conversations that these owners are now having with the, you know, that being in football. These owners are having now with the NFLPA again, because um, obviously they did come up with um, some sort of an agreement, obviously to get the sport moving forward this year. But now seeing what's going on with baseball, they have to have more conversations now. Um, and I believe it's safe to say, you know, owners being greedy, they're going to try to figure out something to keep the sport going. Um I think it's all it's going to take is a like a like a quarterback or somebody to opt out like a like a Dak or a Russell Wilson, which I mean I I don't know I don't know it's really hard for me to wrap my head around it because because it would be an easy decision for me to opt out. Um, I don't know I'm sitting here trying to think about it right now. I'm just ex- I, I just really want to see what's going to happen. I'm really, really see. I'm worried about it, but I, but I really want to see what's going to happen because right now we're what the first week of August preseason would really start what week two of this month, but there's no preseason this year. So now it's what they're just going to be training camp till the first week of September. But I mean, what's going to happen in a month from now? Yeah, I, I think what we're going to see is some pretty bad football in the first four or five weeks. Like we've already seen it. Basketball games have not been. As <laughs> as pretty as they usually mm-hmm. are, uh, you see baseball, honestly, is not as uh, people aren't ready. You, you have a lot more strikeouts from pitchers, but then you also have a lot of pitchers that are not throwing very often and you have a lot more injuries. So mm-hmm. I'm a little worried about that when it comes to football, too. But one thing that you have to um, preserve with all of the leagues at this time, you know, is the integrity um, of the competition. So like you have the, the Marlins, they're down, they have 18 players with positive tests. Who knows when they're going to get those 18 players. And this was a, a bare bones major league franchise to begin with. They have Mm -hmm. a lot of players that would not make another, you know, a major league roster. So now you're going to bring up basically an entire triple A team to be playing against major leaguers 
how how is that preserving the integrity of your sport um it's not yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'm just <laughs> how how many how many positive tests is it before you mm. say okay we need to put a mm. we need to put a stop on this for 3 weeks come up with a better plan that we can institute quickly such as players stay in hotels food is delivered to them they get transportation to and from the complex and then that's kind of it that's that's all you get and then when you're in uh the away team you go to travel you stay in the same hotel as that home team and then you're really limiting yourself in possible exposures that's a good point that question right there that you asked how how many is it going to take i mean they've had to have had some sort of plan right like you have to have a contingency plan of some sort of okay if we get x amount of positive tests then we're going to fall to to plan b or something like what is that number i, I think mean, we've had 18 on <laughs> one squad i don't I, mean, I don't think they have a plan and i think they're showing that right now <laughs> dude i mean 18 on one team is <laughs> on like one team i mean and that's just 18 that i mean i mean that whole entire team has got to be quarantined i mean yeah i mean uh, then that's the thing and then obviously the nfl is peeking over and like okay uh we don't have a bubble either. The NFL has <laughs> had a fair share of positive tests as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, then you talk about college And you're sports. not even talking about practice yet. You know, you're just talking about conditioning. Um, talking about practice. Yeah. I've, you, you look at the <laughs> NBA, you look at Major League Soccer, and what they have done right now uh, as far as putting themselves inside of a bubble you everybody has to stay there for two weeks getting tested every day and then when you come out of the bubble you basically have eliminated the possibility everybody then stays in your bubble but you know what if they had a week two weeks of no positive tests Mm -hmm. at all um it's a big sign and very soon the games are gonna get really good again because uh they're gonna get used to the conditions they're playing in. They're going to get used to playing without fans. And uh, they're, they're going to be in, you know, back to their conditioning that they need to be in when playoff time starts. So Yeah, it's all just going to sink together again. I mean, Giannis is a beast, and he's going to be even more of a beast MVP. He's a monster, man. I just hope he stays. He's and if he, if he moves on, I will not hold it against him. <laughs> But I really hope that he stays. It's like I was preparing myself for Christian Yelich to not be a brewer next year. And then they came out of the woodwork, and it's good for Antanasio, who's the owner of the Brewers, the majority owner of the Brewers, opened the checkbook and signed Yelich to $300 million. Like, And in my my opinion, it was, it was just under $300 million, but it was a good deal for what Yelich had been doing. And I think you see – him as a player because he signed that deal, like he's pressing right now. And I think part of the reason he is is because of that deal. Like he's not having fun right now. And part of that is because he feels the stress. Like he needs to, he needs to, he's already proved it. He just has to keep playing. He needs to keep having fun. Cause when, when he's playing at his best, he's having fun and you can see it on the field. It's like Brett Favre. When Brett Favre was playing at his best, you could see the little kid on the field playing. Brett Favre. I mean, you know, same with Aaron Rodgers. Well, <laughs> no, Rodgers is different. When Rodgers is serious, 
and he's got that look in his eye like a caged tiger, man, I'm sure he's having fun, but he's dicing people up, and he's just loving it. He's a killer. It's like Tom Brady. Yeah. It's like Tom Brady when he's playing yep. his best. It doesn't look like he's having fun, but but he is. He's just that killer instinct, that just look on his face. And and that's – yeah, and that's what Giannis is looking like right now. And it's like I said, it's still early, still early on. When um, he gives that stank eye. In this, yeah. <laughs> still early on right now uh, for the bubble, you know, and everything. And just like you said, once they start getting used to playing with no fans, get used to back to playing basketball and moving around and – and and all that stuff, it, they start to sing together. It's it's going to be an exciting, exciting basketball season. They keep the bubble going, right? I mean, the Lakers, they didn't, you know, they played well the first game, I think it was, whatever. But the second game, right, was against Toronto. Yeah, they didn't look too good. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> realize it till uh, Doris Burke did an interview on ESPN. Like, I knew the Bucks played were playing good defense, and I knew that they were. Also able to spread the scoring out on the floor, um, especially from three. They don't really rely on just two three-point shooters like they had in the past. But uh, defensively, they're having one of the best in history, the way that they play def- team defense. The Bucks, Yeah. They're they're allowing the least amount of points in the, play, the paint, the least um, – what is it? They have like the best percentage of scoring in, in the paint in the history of the NBA before wow. the lockdown. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that either. I knew that Budenholzer was a really good hire, and I I knew after watching him last year how good of a hire he really was. Um, but what they're doing this year, yeah, what they're doing this year is it that GM. um, I can't remember the Bucks GM's name, and I feel really bad about it because he's done. He's been very very good. Um, gosh darn it, but. Yeah, the players that he brought in this year, I mean, I really don't want to say it, but if the Bucks just play the Bucks basketball, they're going to be all right. They'll be all right. It's, you know, I'm kind of sick of uh, being a fan of Wisconsin sports and <laughs> wow, losing go. out in the, at go. the end. They just, <laughs> at the end, they don't play like themselves. They just, they <laughs> fall into the traps of playing to the, Three, the other teams. Three straight Rose Bowl losses. I didn't bring that up. <laughs> I was thinking more like the Brewers in the NLCS. Yes. The Bucks in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. Finals. And the Packers in the NFC Championship game. You got the Badgers at the Big Ten Championship game. How many times are we going to be in a position to make it to the championship and, and we're just, just not, not make it? And th- this has been since the Packers have won the Super Bowl. It's been the, kind of the same thing. It has. That's tw- 2010, right? The 20- 2009 season? Uh, yes. The February of 2010? Yeah. My goodness. And they were 8-8 eight and eight going into the playoffs. My gosh. Wisconsin sports, yeah, now t- the last 10 years, a full decade has been right there. Right there. I don't know, man. I don't that's that's the thing. I mean, it's a perfect perfect segue actually. Talking about the Rose Bowl and college sports Big 10 championship. What is going to happen with college sports? What is the NCAA going to do? Are uh, they waiting to see what the universities are going to do? Or Yeah, I think most like, most of the um most 
like hybrid coaches classes. and athletic directors have said it's going to be up to the chancellor and the board of regents. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some universities are doing the hybrid classes where it's, you know, it's like half online, half in in person or some crap like that. I, I don't, and some are just doing all online and, um, which is fine. I, I understand that, but how does that impact the sports? How does, I'm just trying to think of my time well, back on campus. Let's again. be let's be honest. They're going to exploit these <laughs> athletes to make some money is what mm-hmm. they're going to do. Did you see um, – okay, it might be a touchy subject, but – The Pac-12? No, no, no. Oh, not, not even – I wasn't even going to mention that yet. Um, Barry Alvarez's letter? No, I did not. Did you hear about it? No. Um. I kind of ignore Barry Alvarez, <laughs> being honest. <laughs> you know, I got respect for Barry, but, you know, I don't know if it was an appropriate time for that letter. So pretty much the letter explained, like, what the precautions that they're taking for COVID. Obviously, they're 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 looking at it from all aspects, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're all meeting together, and they're all meeting weekly with the commissioner just to, you know, figure out what they're going to do moving forward. But – the last like two to three paragraphs of this letter, Barry Alvarez started to talk about, you know, how much money Wisconsin's going to lose if they don't have this sport, if they don't have football. Like, I think he said like a hundred to $105 million they're going to lose and all that stuff. And pretty much the letter just ended like from there talking about how much money they're going to lose. Not about players health, not about, <laughs> not about, Keeping players' families safe, not about... <laughs> like, he mentioned a little bit, of course, about, yeah, like, you know, some sort of safety and stuff. But you know the the meaning of the letter. The purpose was to mention the money. And I'm not saying he was wrong. I'm not saying he's incorrect or anything along those lines. I just, the timing, I mean, we have, what, 40 million Americans who missed their mortgage payments. And we're They're talking rent. about one sport. Miss, or missing out on $100 million. Now I get it. That's a huge impact because football, you know, money trickles down to the other sports um, on campus. So what's that going to do to uh, rowing? What's that going to do to track and field? So, like, I get it, but not really the article I was looking to read. I clicked on it, excited to see what was going to happen, if there's going to be an actual update. But really the update was we're meeting – we're thinking about safety. We're about to lose money. End of letter. I've. Uh, that's the problem with what we're going through right now in our country as opposed to every other country. That's the meaning behind everything. It's all about – it's not about keeping people safe. It's not about saving livelihoods. It's about, well, I, as a multi-billion dollar corporation, am going to lose $100 million. Okay, like, is that a lot of money to you and me? Yes, that's a lot of money to you and me. Mm-hmm. Is that a lot of money to the University of Wisconsin? No, it is not a lot of money to the University of Wisconsin in the grand scheme of things. No. Is that a lot of money to, uh, let's just throw out there, Amazon? Is that a lot of money out there to Boeing mm-hmm. or uh, Nike, American mm-hmm. Airlines? I mean, you know what? You can't pay your CEO as much? Oh, darn. <laughs> oh, they can't buy that fifth house? What about these people who in their first house mm. 
Like that's yeah. the problem that we have right now. Like yeah. Spe- wear your mask. Mm. Speaking of that, this morning, uh, freaking the news was on, and they're talking about the airlines losing money. And I'm like, duh. I mean, I was like, I get it, but didn't the airlines with the PPE loans or whatever get like 32 billion dollars? They got um, bailed out. Yeah, they and got it was p- part of the problem that was spreading so much was because airlines wouldn't react. Yeah. They did nothing to control it at all. And I said the same thing. I was like, we have about, what, 20 million unemployed Americans, 40 million, I think, missed their mortgage payments. I don't think people care right now about airlines losing money. <laughs> just, I think it's just the lack of awareness. Just awareness, yeah, social awareness, timing, all that stuff. No one cares right now about United Airlines you know, they're losing about 30% of their profits. Who cares? So people are trying to figure out how they're going to pay for the roof over top of their head. Are trying to figure out if they need to skip that electric bill so they yeah. can have a week's worth of dinners or if they can cut out two meals for themselves so that their kids can have breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. Or if their kids can maybe live without lunch and then... Maybe they can have like that's what people are going through right now. Yeah, because the twelve hundred dollars we got was back in March. <clears throat> Not just that, but they <laughs> they they ended the six hundred dollar of unemployment. Mm, they did. Which oh, that's keeping people from being employed. No, it's not. What's keeping people from being employed is the fact that there's no jobs. Mm. You know, if and then if you want people to come back to work, pay them a little bit more. Yeah, right. If you're saying $600 is the difference between somebody working and somebody staying at home, then maybe you're not paying enough. That's Because that $600 is also taxed back. Yep. It's not like it's just straight $600. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's just – I love this conversation because I really get very passionate about – Helping the little large, guy. <laughs> yeah, these large corporations um, – I'm a Badger fan till I die. Everyone knows that, but I but I'm gonna you know call a spade a spade. I think the letter was inappropriate. I think this time we need to, as a a society, and by society I mean as a world, as the human beings we are, we need to have a look at the greater good. It's not just about these little green dollars that you know, we allow to run our lives because that's what we do. We put so much stock, so much energy of ourselves into this one little green thing Mm -hmm. instead of thinking about the person down the street that they got laid off at the beginning of this and now their company has gone under because it was a small business and it opened up back way too early or you just decided you were going to give a loan to the Los Angeles Lakers rather than that person's business so they could keep others employed. Like the profits right now don't matter. You shouldn't be looking at your profits. Like, should you be able to stay afloat? Yes. That's what you should be looking at. Especially Amazon, Mm -hmm. Walmart, you know, all these big chains that decided that they were going to take some PPP loan money from these small businesses. Like how are you going to, do that, not give your workers a raise. And then you're going to say that it's everybody else's fault that this is happening and not yours. Like you need to look beyond yourself and stand up for the greater good for real. 
Yeah, and isn't it weird too? Oh, uh, now you know. I'm just just gonna say this. Ain't it kind of weird how these billion dollar rich, just these top echelon businesses, corporations, seem like they became richer. Yeah, the was it the top and the smaller 10, businesses got wiped out. Yep, top richest people in the world have almost doubled their money since the pandemic began. Jeff Bezos made thirteen billion dollars in one day. Well, his business did whatever in one day. <laughs> you can't even fathom. The human brain can't even fathom a billion dollars, like physical dollars. You can't even imagine what that looks like. Imagine 13 of those in 24 hours. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad watching this happen because people seem to care more about other people's profits, have nothing to do with themselves, <laughs> rather than trying to take care of their neighbors down the road mm. who may have just you know, a few months prior had their last chemo treatment and their cancer's in remission. I'm not going to wear a mask because the mask isn't going to protect me. But the mask isn't supposed to protect you. It's supposed to protect those people. That's why they're going to wear a mask because they want to protect you. So I I see a lot of people out there that, honestly... I can't even believe how many people in the medical field are talking about how these masks are not proven to be effective at preventing you from getting COVID. That's not what people are saying. Like you're looking at it and you're not reading it correctly. It's like taking a medication and instead of looking at the instructions, you say, oh, I I have a pretty good idea of what this is supposed to be. I'm going to take this much. Mm. Like, right. That's exactly what it is. And if everybody wears a mask, then, and it's proven in every other country in the world, everybody wears a mask, the spread drops precipitously. It does. It it's does. not going to prevent everything, but it's going to prevent a lot of things. You significantly decrease your chances of catching it or spreading it. And I always like to bring this topic into this conversation. I've been living with homeless people since April 1st. We make them wear a mask every time they come into our office. I wear my mask 24-7 in the building. And, you know, knock on wood, I've been feeling really good. Now, again, we're talking about homeless individuals here, um, the vulnerable population. Some of the individuals like to stray away from the site, be gone for four or five days. God knows what they're doing, then they come back. But we enforce that mask rule. If you're going to step into our office to get help from us, to get connected to any sort of resources, you have to wear that mask when you come into our office. And what do you know? No one has got COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the lighter side of news. Um <laughs> Seeing as how we're done ranting now, <laughs> spent the first 30 minutes of the podcast it's, talking about that. It's so hard not to, though, because it's just so frustrating. It is so frustrating. Let's just even say 
let's just let's just throw a hypothetical out there. Let me just jump on that side for one second that this is all a hoax. Who cares? I'm going to wear this mask because I want to obey the law. How about that? Well, <laughs> what we should be doing is even when we're sick with a cold or flu, we should wear a mask when we go out. Like that's mm-hmm. something that we should have been doing for years and we haven't been. Right. Because we're selfish as a as a country. Um we're yeah. just as a as a culture, we have been raised to be a little selfish. That's not saying there's anything that's wrong with that because you do have to self care. Um, but hopefully, this is an eye opener. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I, I just we we were talking about this yesterday too. We started this podcast with like the worst timing. <laughs> Because this is all we've been able to talk about the entire time. We want to talk about other stuff. We want to talk about being sober. We want to talk about <laughs> our stories from our lives that might be able to help other people. You know, we want to talk about sports. We want to talk about football. And is Melvin Gordon going to lead the Broncos in touches or is Philip Lindsay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's neither of the two. It's Royce Freeman. Um, <laughs> Royce is good. I know. That's he's, what I'm saying. He's a sleeper for he's sure. A, people are he's just, a beast. People are locked on Melvin, of course, because he's a new kid on the block. Um, Philip Lindsay obviously has been doing his thing, but Royce, Roy, 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 Royce Freeman, he's still back there. He's a Rolls Royce. I'm telling you right now. He's still back there. And, uh, so I know a, a good friend of mine. I'm not really a good friend. I was like, ah, let's, right, let's uh, hear this name drop. Here. No, no, no. I'm he's not going to say this. This is a no, name drop. No, 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 no. Actually, it's not it's even a humble brag. A good friend of mine, Tom Brady once said. It's actually the general manager of the hotel that I'm at. Uh, so he is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And, you know, every time he brings it up, I always tell them, you know, I'm sorry. You know, that's your Steelers friend. Um, you know, you're still living in the 60s and the 70s or the 80s or whatever. Um, but I do uh, tell him um, – I kind of lost my train of thought of where I was going with this. But, when, oh, that's what I said. When we, when we talk – He's always giving me crap about, you know, the Broncos, this and that. The Broncos, I think, play the Steelers uh, on September 20th. And we got a nice little bet going on um, for the season. And he actually brought it up, too, because he does listen to the podcast and stuff. And he said, you know, we talk about the virus, we talk about all that stuff. And it's like, now we can finally start talking about sports and stuff. So I wanted to mention this because he's going to tune in. I'm excited for these bets. We got a nice little bet going on for the Broncos and the Steelers, who's going to have the most wins in the season, then who, and then the matchup game, of course. Um, I think the Broncos are going to have a pretty darn good season, if you honestly want my opinion. I'm biased, of course, but coming from the draft to who we already have on the team to now picking up Melvin Gordon, I think we're going to walk all over the Steelers. I think we're going to walk all over anybody we come across. You do realize that the Chiefs are still in the Broncos division, right? Yeah, I'm not worried about the Chiefs, though. I'm not worried about them. I'm really not. They're still going to be a really, really, really good football team, but I think we're going to have a pretty solid plan against them. I'm not taking anything from How do you have a solid plan against them? I'm not taking anything from Phillip Lindsay, but I honestly don't think he played that well last year. I I, I don't. Um, I think, and and, and, and that's not just his fault. That, that when a running back. It's not performing well, whatever, obviously, in a 16-week schedule. Uh, you got to dissect the entire offense from the offensive line to the cadence to uh, the tight ends to the fullbacks and obviously the running back as well um, and even the offensive coordinator. Do they even the have a fullback on their roster? Uh, they do. Okay. Yeah, they do. Okay. I, forget, I did forget his name, though, but they do. 
Um, but long story short, long, long story short, I, yeah, the Chiefs are still going to be the Chiefs. I mean, you, 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 the Chiefs are the Chiefs, but I feel like we have a stronger run game now with Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay and even Royce as well. We can, we can make some stuff happen in the trenches. That's where you win football games. In the trenches, that's where you win the football that's game. Where you win, that's where you win and I lose feel them. Like, that's you where know, you win and lose them. You win and lose them on Patrick Mahomes' arm. <laughs> is, is Mahomes going to throw for eight touchdowns this week or is he going to throw for four? Throws for four, we got a chance to win. <laughs> you win football. You win and lose football games in the trenches, owning the line of scrimmage. That's The Cam Newton Panthers have something to say. That's all I'm saying. But Cam Newton, but he's not there anymore. But I'm just about? I'm saying when Cam Newton was at the height of his game, the Panthers' offensive line was not very good, and they still won a lot of games. True, but they had a good defense, so there's that. And I mean, that's how the 49ers waltzed to the Super Bowl last year was their both their offensive and defensive lines. Like John Lynch as a GM. Has been he's, incredible. He's, good, he's almost been as good as he was a safety, which is he's saying brilliant. something because he's, he's obviously a first ballot Hall of Fame safety. So I can't believe what he's done as a GM. That's awesome. I I really want to see Lewis Riddick get a chance, who's an ESPN personality, um, who was in a few front offices uh, around the league before he went to ESPN. But I really want to see him get a chance because the way that he breaks players down, he's he's not wrong very often. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that we have sports to talk about again. Hopefully it can happen, but we gotta be a little bit cautiously optimistic here, not throw all our right put all our eggs in that basket. What's up with the Packers though? What about them? They're just gonna, I haven't really even they're seen gonna much silently news. churn away and make the NFC championship game and then blow an onside kick again and lose in <laughs> overtime. That's what's gonna happen. So I see let's uh, just not talk about it. I saw Ricky Wagner's there. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he uh, I played with him. They they and, signed him because they lost Brian Balaga. Right, right. Ricky Wags, Wags, we called him. He's uh, that's a solid pickup. He's uh, I hope so. He's a player. He's a player. You, you tell him what to do, he'll do it. Um, I, you know, I was very critical after the Packers draft. Everybody heard me. I came out a couple weeks later and I apologized and said I was wrong after <laughs> reading all this these statistics and looking at. What, you apologized? Uh, yeah, I did. At Lef- <laughs> what Lafleur wants to do with the offense, okay, it it could work. After watching AJ Dillon's um, college tape and uh, seeing how big he is, and mm. then uh, Joseph Tagura, the tight end they drafted, pretty high. It's like I I still don't understand the quarterback in the first round trading up for him, uh, Jordan Love. Did you hear? I've him? heard he's a very nice kid. Um, I want him to succeed, but I just don't understand it from a franchise perspective. I think this draft might end up being pretty solid. No, oh, stop it. I, I'm just saying. Oh, stop it. We might come back. And Jeez, you're looking at the glass half full, but there's Brian only like an inch of water in an cup. Listen, Brian Gutekinds, <laughs> David Stearns, Brian Gutekinds, and John Horst, the GM of the Bucks. They've all been very, very, very good. Yes, I looked that up so I could name drop him <laughs> because he deserves it. Maybe you, we just need to put our faith that they'll get us there. You can't sit here and say that the Packers draft was good. I'm not. I said better than I thought. Okay. I didn't say I think 
two, three years down okay. the line, we might look back and be like, okay, that was not such a bad draft as we thought coming out. Well, Aaron Rodgers isn't too excited. Well, as, said, as he, said, he, what, he was drinking tequila, he a, as he tequila said, <laughs> as he said, yeah, I was disappointed who wouldn't be, but he's going to be, you know, he's going to help Jordan. He's gonna, he's not going to roll over and let him take over, but he's going to welcome him more than what he was welcomed when he was drafted. Did he say that? Yeah. And he said he called him the next day and told he let him direct Rodgers, jab at Brett. Yeah. Unreal. It's very, they no, don't like each other. Well, they do now, but it was very <laughs> commonly known that, uh, Brett did not like Aaron. Um, oh wow! For a long time, and then when it was four years, he said when Rodgers three three when Rodgers won the Super Bowl, Brett's comment was, "Well, what took so long?" Wow. So, but now they're good friends. Now they've gotten over it. But yes, Brett was not very nice to Aaron, and Aaron Aaron said part of it was he came in a little cocky, like, but. Yeah, that I I don't know. And How do you have when they drafted Aaron Rodgers? Brett Favre had hinted the two years previous that he was looking at retiring soon. Mm, okay, and then before Aaron Rodgers took over, Brett Favre said he was going to retire, and then came back. And then the second time he did it, they're like, "Nah, we're going to go with Aaron." Right, and then that's when the breakup happened. Yep. How uh? How do you have an Aaron Rodgers? And only win one Super Bowl. Okay. Wait, has, well, he, has me, he only gone to one Super Bowl? Let, let me ask you. Is he you, one and one? Let me see. No, he's only, he's one and all in the Super Bowl. All right, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. One and So how do you have Brett Favre followed by Aaron Rodgers and you've only won two Super Bowls? In the span of 30 years? Yeah. That's why Packers fans for the past <laughs> five years have been so antsy. Uh, and irritated, agitated. You see what the Patriots are doing. You mm. see what the Colts did with Peyton Manning. And the Packers just got complacent and never got over that hump. So what the Broncos did as soon as they got Peyton. They yeah, I mean. Built a team yeah. around them. Yeah, I mean, so what What do you. That I mean, question can, has been asked a lot. And it does rest a lot with that defense. Because the defense has been so horrid. It has. Especially in playoff games. Like, it's been average through seasons, but you get to the playoffs, and that defense is horrid. Uh, even last year, mm-hmm. it, I feel like every time there's a rushing playoff record, it was set against the Packers' defense. Right. Uh, you, yeah. I brought up the Broncos. To say it's frustrating is... <laughs> I brought up the Broncos with Peyton because, uh, you know, I toot my own horn, but I can say that I... Played in a Super Bowl? Played... On the statistically speaking, the greatest offense in the history of the game. Is that still true? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. There was like five players who had over ten touchdowns. I feel like Peyton, the Chiefs DT, this year are going to break that record. <laughs> DT, Wes Welker, uh, No. Sean, and Julius Thomas all had ten or above touchdowns. You and said Julius Thomas twice. Not nah, Demarius Thomas. Julius Thomas. No Sean Marino, Wes Welker, Peyton Manning. Well, Peyton Manning would have all those touchdowns because he threw them to everybody. Who's that the, doesn't count. I'm missing I'm missing I'm missing somebody. Oh, now we're missing somebody, apparently. Peyton, obviously, yeah, he threw what fifty that year? I think it was no, the record. That was not the year that he broke it. Yeah, it was. No, it was my rookie year. 
No, it was, against their the second, it was their second year that Peyton broke it. No, my rookie year against the Texans. Last game of the mm. season. Julius Thomas caught it in the corner, 100%. I'll show you the picture. There's a picture on Google of me hugging Peyton. Because I feel like... When he broke it. I feel like it was the year that we went to the season opener. Uh, maybe. Looking, oh, that was the all-time touchdown record. Looking it up right now on my phone. Was it Brett Favre's? Well, that was the all-time touchdown last. record. Yeah, see, I wasn't there then, 509. Because, all right, while, while you're looking that up. Yeah, here it is. Setting 55 touchdowns in 2013 season. Okay. 12, I thought it was the year after. Last game of the year, 12-29-13. I thought it was 2012, so. Yep. I stand to. corrected. Oh, there I am right there. See? Hey, what do you know? Yep. <laughs> Peyton didn't care. The only that time you ever made it on a poster. <laughs> right. Next to Peyton. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to what we were saying. You know, uh, the Broncos got a Hall of Famer and said, okay, how about this? Let's build a team around him. What are the Packers doing? Packers are doing very Packers things. <laughs> They're okay with making the NFC Championship. Aaron Rodgers is arguably – Say it. Say it. <laughs> say it. He's arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. No. Behind say, Tom Brady. Say it really. Behind Tom Brady. Say it for real. You got to say what put you really Tom mean. On top. Tom is number one. Aaron Rodgers is arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Period. I'll say that. Full stop. Arguably. Okay. But 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 I'm always still but I'm still gonna pick. Here's my thing. When I say arguably, but I'm saying, but it's behind Tom. So I'm here's pick my Tom, problem with some, this conversation. Hold on, I'm gonna pick Tom. But if someone says Aaron, I'm I'm gonna respect that. Look, like, the only reason Tom Brady is in this conversation, okay. The only reason he's at the top of the conversation is because of his Super Bowl wins, a team award, right? You cannot you cannot win me. the Super Bowl without a team. Right. So right. we're going to put an individual position that does have a lot of influence, for sure. But you're going to put an individual posi- position and say that's the reason that they won those Super Bowls. That's going to be the argument. You're telling me that Dan Marino was not as good as uh, Trent not Trent Dilfer or Brad Johnson? I was, are, is that what you're going to tell me? <laughs> oh, okay. You can tell me but Dan Marino's not as good as Johnny Unitas? Tom Brady. Dan Marino's not as good as Joe Namath? Terry Bradshaw? I like that Terry one. Okay. But. Jim McMahon? Okay. Why is Jim Kelly never in these talks when he took a team to four straight? Exactly. They lost. Exactly. Wait, am I? Am I? Am I You're making, am I making my your point, argument. Yes. <laughs> am I making your point here? Yes, you are. <laughs> Did I just make your point? <laughs> I think I just made your point. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Jim Kelly took them four straight losses, and he's not, you, you don't see his name. I mean, you do, but I mean, you got to go to like, you know, 15 to 20, maybe 20 to 25 on the list. But, okay. But he got there, though. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm very aware. That, that, that's the whole thing. Is it's not about wins. Okay, okay. That's where I, that's where I should have said. That's where I should have started this. 
it's not about the wins, but getting there. Okay, Aaron's but been there once again. Once, how many NFC Championship games has Aaron gotten the Packers to? Like right, right, Aaron has right. literally, Mister Rogers has literally dragged this team <laughs> to five NFC Championship games that they had no business being in. True. All right, maybe two of them they had a business being in, but the that's three, it. Yeah. I mean, li- seriously, like <laughs> what he does in the fourth quarter, and at, nobody wants to give him credit. He puts his team ahead. And then the defense gives it up. He's he's great. In the man. fourth quarter, I'm not, he always I'm gets saying, them I'm to not, a point where they could. I just remember the Arizona Cardinals playoff game where he brought them back with fourth, fifth, incredible. and sixth receivers through two Hail Marys on one possession. And the first play of overtime, they gave up a touchdown to Larry Fitzgerald. First play. But that's Larry Fitzgerald, though. Listen. So that's a first ballot. Easily. You don't give a touchdown up on the first play in overtime. <laughs> the defense, man. I, tell, I don't know what y'all are doing over there on defense, but here's the thing, though. I think y'all are heading in the right direction, though. Get Obviously, with the young head coach you got, what is this, his third year, second year? Second year. Second year. floor. Yeah. Obviously. I think we'll see how he is. But it's just like Aaron is getting old, and my gosh, man. He's got, what, four more in him? He said he wants to play into his 40s. Right. He, he most likely can if his if his clavicle so four, his collarbones four or five years yeah that's probably pretty close I, last year was the first year he noticeably lost the step when really he's trying feet. to escape yeah um, his ankles too defensive huh? players that's what happened with Peyton a lot of well, people talked about Peyton's arm which yeah just naturally well, because of his neck strength, his neck yep but his, it was his feet too yeah his ankles well he used to tape his ankles up like right before with, the game I'm like God I'm like how you how are you stepping in those? <laughs> With Mr. Rogers, uh, it's his calf. Okay. So. Why are you calling him Mr. Rogers? You got to show respect. <laughs> There's only one Mr. Rogers. Yeah, and his first name is Aaron. And his middle initials <laughs> no. are MF. No, well, I don't even know Mr. Rogers' first name, the PBS guy. I don't know who saved public education, television education. What is his first name? Anyways. All right, that's the thing. I'm not arguing with you. But it sure sounds like you are. But I always say this. My number one pick, greatest quarterback ever. I played with Tom or with Peyton Manning. I've been in a few huddles with Tom Brady, practice squad, but I was just hopping in and I've watched him. His first name's Fred, Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers, that's right. But I got to go with Tom, man. But if somebody comes Patrick to the table, Mahomes. if somebody comes to the table and says Aaron Rodgers, I literally will not say anything. I wouldn't dispute it. I wouldn't argue look, against it because I'm like, I can't argue with that. Your opinion. Look, everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes right now and the throws that he makes and mm-hmm. the things that he does. That's how Aaron looked. I was going to say, put on. that put that mm-hmm. next to 2010, 2011 Aaron Rodgers. You put those videos side by side and it's almost the exact same. Aaron's pretty fast too. He he, he was good. he was he was very yeah. yeah yeah he was very fast. He he there was he did that stuff all at Cal too. Yeah yeah there was very few defensive players that could catch him from behind if he was escaping the pocket. So a, I, I, that's the thing though you got a you got a a Russell Wilson back there. 
I would even obviously Aaron, in my opinion, and I even played with Russell is is way better than Russell was. Russell is a, a phenomenal player right now, statistically speaking. He doesn't miss a beat. But you got similar, almost similar play. You got a you got a fast scat type. He can get out of the pocket, scramble. He can sling it. He can throw it. He can throw it while falling. An accurate pass. Make all the passes. <laughs> yeah, and. Modest opinion, the Seahawks are just are just utilizing you know that style of play, that style of a quarterback well, better. Look at the receivers they've drafted and how they've panned out. I think that that's what you have with uh, Green Bay right now is the talent that they're putting around at the playmaker position mm-hmm. uh, has not panned out so far. I think you have a few of those players that are young and could pan out, but you just don't know yet. Um, Aaron Jones is still back there, right? Yeah. So is Jamal Williams, who's very right. underrated. He's very good. Because Aaron Williams, man, or Aaron Jones, I, I love the way he runs. I like really do. And I've never said that about a Packers running back since Amon Green. And I, I love the way he runs. No, I, I like Stark's run too, a little bit. A little bit. But. I'm just trying to p- think of their roster, man. Cause see, like, I'm not worried about the Broncos. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do it. You know, we'll be in the AFC Championship game, of course. But I don't know about about the Packers. You guys might not make it. Uh, we'll be we'll be talking we'll, during the season, and uh, if it happens, yeah, watch out for and... Detroit. They had a nice draft. Okay. <laughs> they did. Okay. <laughs> They had a nice draft. Okay. <laughs> now, you guys' conference is weak. You should come out of that. It's the NFL. Nobody's division is weak. Oh, like, compared to the AFC West? Nobody's division is weak. Every time that that's said, it's like Chiefs, the, Broncos, conferences, Chargers. the conferences change. The three really the solid divisions teams. change, like, so, so fast. So, you're telling me the Vikings? <laughs> The Vikings? What do you t- do? You not realize the success they've had the past two they years? Played solid, solid. The Vikings, I like the I say Packers. Solid. You just mentioned the Lions, and then if the Bears, the Bears had a quarterback, like that defense is no joke Danny in Chicago. Chicago. That's Danny for you. Yeah, Mister Cheap Shot himself. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to uh, wishing my youngest a happy first birthday. <laughs> How was that, man? I mean, you know, you were there. Yeah, I know, but you're the father. You sigh. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, I was there. It was fun. He looked like he had a blast. Anytime that he can eat as much as he wants, which is everything and <laughs> always, uh, he's gonna have a good time. So, yeah, he had fun. It was good. It, I thought. House, I thought way. he had. Uh, yeah, I spent the entire week building a playset that you, your parents, and your sister bought for him. Took about seven hours to put it together. Uh, <laughs> you built. You, you had a busy week because obviously with work and coming home and doing your natural father duties and being a husband, you had to put together a swing set, put together a tractor, put together. You know, obviously get all the details together for the party, the cupcakes, the cake, the everything, the, the decor. The uh, uh, quite a week for you. Yeah, it was busy. I'm still tired. I'll probably be tired next week. But like I said last week, you know, basically that's my state of being. Now. So you'll so, always be tired. I'm like, what are you? Yeah. T- 
I'm like, what are you talking about? Hopefully I can get back to some Ghost of Tsushima sometime this this upcoming week because I'm missing that game for Did sure. He, he plays a flute? Yeah. Okay. You didn't know that? I didn't. I really didn't. No, I, I, that, that We're last We're talking game. about the video game, not my son, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, he... Uh, so I've yet to play it, but um, I'm 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 about to get back onto some God of War. But I didn't know he played a flute, Ghost of Tsushima, until you sent me that. Whatever you sent me, I think it was an image, a screenshot or something, yep. uh, which was pretty sick. I love that photo. And then I looked more into it, and I was like, oh gosh, he does have a flute. I guess is that how he travels, or is that how he is it like Ocarina of Time? It kind of what I've read on there but i haven't really seen it, is it can change the weather if you play it oh okay so it's just kind of like a relaxation kind of a thing kind oh, of throw okay. back to that samurai culture like that was probably a pretty popular instrument for mm-hmm. they uh, have that instrument a lot in their instrumentals in their yeah. music yep asian culture yeah the flute um yeah i was i was really happy with how his birthday turned out uh you know it's tough to buy gifts for a one-year-old but mm-hmm. got a few books got a Got a few sets of clothes, basketball hoop, little one. Um, that play set that him and his brother can break. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was brutal getting those uh, turn spikes or whatever. The stakes. Putting the, the stakes in the ground. Yeah. They did way not, too fat for that. They did Jeez. not give us a high quality set to put in. Let's put it that way. That's where they cut the cost. Every piece was like you had to assemble it from bolt to bolt wood to wood uh, that was brutal well i mean you you did a majority of it i mean i put a few screws in there but <laughs> that's something yeah the one night i mowed the lawn and then put together the floor and then your mom came over and gave me a hand mm. so i got home from work early mowed the lawn and then started putting it together immediately it was like uh they've been enjoying it both your sons oh yeah been enjoying it. That's uh, that's some awesome stuff. Yeah, birthday birthday was a great turnout. Good uh, family and a few friends, and it was all family except for uh, their two little friends from daycare. That was it. Yep. So two little little kids. Um, and yeah, he he seemed like he had a really good time. One year that fast. I know it only felt like four months. Right. I did not appreciate the first uh, five, six months like I wish I did because he's the second one. So you've seen it all once before. But, you know, you still love when your baby sleeps on your chest. And Mm -hmm. uh, I can feel it being ever so fleeting that he's not going to be sleeping, falling asleep on daddy's lap much longer. Breaks my heart a little bit, but. Nah, he's one. He's I mean, getting he'll, older. He'll be sleeping on. He'll still be sleeping next to you on you when he's seven. No. Yeah, he. The oldest doesn't. He's two and a half. But yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what I told your sister yesterday too. Was you know he's one. He's he's getting older. We gotta instead of worrying about him sleeping by himself on a mattress, which you have to do for the first couple months, like. Mm-hmm. Now it's okay to hold him while he's sleeping because you don't have much longer where you're going to be able to do that. So Something I read the other day was super depressing. It kind of goes exactly with what you're saying. At some point in your life, your parents picked you up one last time. Yep. I was like, wow. And at some point in your life, uh, 
was the last time your parents had you on their lap? Yeah. It's depressing. It is. It's <laughs> but it it's is life, sad. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how it is, but um I've definitely that he's been getting his cuddles and he's been very hard to uh put down because he wants daddy to hold him the past couple of days all day. So I don't know if he's teething or what, but if he's teething, he's doing a dang good job. Well, of he's he a, does. He's a, he's he a, has his two top teeth are coming in next mm-hmm. to his Bucky Beavers, and then he has one on the bottom that's coming in because now he's got three on the bottom, right? And then his top, his Bucky Beavers are still coming in. He sounds a like he's a slow. trooper, though. You guys, you know, obviously we're in that group chat, and you guys don't mention much about him teething, like as if he's like up screaming constantly. We got really like so for the oldest, he was it was like he got all it felt like his first four teeth came in and then that's all he had for six months and then the rest just came in. Um and he had it bad for like two weeks. But so far with the youngest it's been like maybe two days of that. Mm-hmm. Give him a little bit of um ibuprofen mm-hmm. and he goes right to sleep and he sleeps through it, so I'm part of it is he always eats. So. I'm about to say, yeah, give him, give him a muffin or something. He's good. <laughs> He's that, good. That's part of the reason that he can handle it so well. But. but yeah, that was that was this week, man. That was this week. We covered a lot. I mean, from obviously mentioning the mass to sports to the Broncos, how they're going to outshine the Packers as always. I mean, I mean, to, we'll see. We'll see. We'll make a friendly bet when it. The season gets a little closer. And, if there's going to be one. And uh, <laughs> it looks like it's going to happen. We'll, we'll make we'll make a, a, a nice little bet. People can follow. Last it, thing I kind of want to ask you, man. Um, even if the NFL was to go the bubble route, where would they go? Well, I think it's two different bubbles. So the NBA, I think the NBA was in a position where they only needed a, a few courts, and let's be honest, a lot of places have high-quality indoor courts right. that they could play at. Right. So they were able to bring all of their teams to one location and play in that location. Baseball was a little tougher. They probably could have done it in Arizona or Florida with all the spring training facilities. They could have stayed around that area, but ultimately they decided to do it the way they did. If the baseball was to institute a bubble right now, I would say if you're at home playing home games, you're in a hotel. Mm-hmm. If you're away, you're going to be in that team's hotel. Like that hotel is that team's hotel now. Yep. Um, so the away team stays in the same hotel. It limits the amount of contact you have with other people. So it limits the, the spread that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the NFL has to do something similar. So, you would have to ha- everybody would have to be in the hotel during the week. You'd have to provide the transportation to and from the facilities. But we're talking fifty three on one team, though. I know, I know, and maybe it's you know hotels right next to each other that you just rent out the whole time, and they're just for NFL use, right? And that's your bubble. That's how it's gonna it's gonna have to be something like that. You're gonna have to get creative with it if you want to do something to make that work. And then obviously. Baseball and football, they have their own team planes, so you don't have to worry about that. I mean, they can do it. 
they can do it because for the combine they rent out that entire hotel. Yeah, um, where well, we have the meetings and stuff. My company, we're if we're in hotels, they're renting out the entire hotel for an entire month. Oh wow! It's not just like <clears throat> if you're even going to be in there for two weeks, they're renting it out for the whole month, and then for the days you're not there, so nobody else is in that room. And we know the NFL has the money too. Yeah, so I think that if they were going to do something. I would think it would be something along those lines. So, the the question though that the, that comes into play is where would they practice? I mean, it's easier, like you said, to find a basketball court. How do you find a well their own practice facility? You just have to have the oh. pay for the transportation to the practice facility. I see what you're saying. So you got to provide all the transportation. So that's the only place you're yeah. going to go is to the team's facilities and then back to the hotel. Right. Right. That's what you're going to have to do if you, so just, if you want this season to happen. So training camp's like three and a half weeks, but training camp through the whole season. Pretty much, yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. Exactly. And Which, then I do agree with they're going to test for every day for two or three weeks. If it drops below, what was it, 5% positive, they're changing it to every other day. Every other day. To me, that makes sense. But if you – have this bubble, mm-hmm. like, you know, and it's not like a, a a totally enclosed bubble, but yeah, you can you could do something like that. Yep. And who knows it week by week, actually day by day is new news. So and I mean part part of the problem with what they're doing with baseball is you don't just have to worry about the players, it's the players' spouses that are going out. You have to make sure that they're doing things. Yep responsibly it's the coaches the staff spouses you know anybody anybody yeah front offices anybody who who has a contact with a player you're you need them to do things right and you're just asking way too many people uh to be that responsible and not expect there to be like what happened what is happening so that's where the nba just took all of that out of the equation and was like they were very creative with what they came up with, and it it paid off. It absolutely saying. paid off. I'm saying, well, Same with working. Major League Soccer. Same with Major League Soccer. Like, yeah, I'm. You know what? Pretty soon, that's all we're gonna have is soccer. <laughs> I can live with that. I love you're, you're European and the MLS. So I like soccer. Time to adopt a team. Well, I need to adopt an American team. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I don't know who. Well, I don't know who. I'm going to adopt whoever you adopt's rival. So make yeah, sure their rival is decent as well. Oh, you need a rival? Team. Well, we'll figure it out next episode. <laughs> we'll do some research <laughs> for once. So, well, with that said, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at MonteBall28, on Instagram at MonteBall, um, obviously the untapped page as well. Or shoot me a message, um, topics, questions, literally anything, and we'll 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 answer it. Where can they find you, RJ? Yeah, you can find me at it's Trickster, the I and Tricksters L one on Twitter. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, Untap Keg on Facebook, Reddit's Untap Keg. We're basically Untap Keg everywhere. Um, yeah, ask ask a question of us. Submit a topic that you want to hear. Preferably non-COVID related, so we can have some fun. <laughs> uh, I think next episode we'll talk more about video games because I think I'm going to go pretty hard on this this game this week. So yeah, I'll go hard on God of, God of War as well. Yeah, and uh, uh, just to keep everybody informed, so you know, 
still no poopy in the toilet. So uh, <laughs> I'll keep you updated next week. <laughs> hey, everybody, take care. And let's let's try to be better to, tomorrow than we were today because at least if we fail, at least we tried. So it's the goal. I right, love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.